funny. You're ruining our kid. The Parenting Podcast from the Irishman Abroad Podcast Network and Go Loud is back. The show where you get to anonymously submit your parenting problems. And with the help of our child development expert, Tina Regan, you get proper help. Absolutely free. Tina also happens to be married to me, so she has seen my absolute parenting worst. I'm talking driving to Kilkenny while she was on a hen party because I literally couldn't manage our kid at the time. That There's no lie it there. It peaked there though, Charlotte. I mean, that was 11 years ago. It peaked, so you're doing okay. Tina has seen it all. This show is at its heart, though, about the number one concern that all parents have. I don't want my child to grow up to be an idiot or worse still, a gobshite. Question number one, straight down to business. Tina, do I have a question for you? My two young lads won't stop battering the heads off each other (laughs) already straight away. I'm like, I have grown up with these kids. I've been around these kids many a time. I have been these kids. Mm -hmm. So I empathise with this dad right away. The two of them will punch, scrape, hit, strangle and smother each other if I leave the room. (laughs) Horseplay becomes violent so quickly between these two lads. We can't seem to get them to agree on things. We nearly have to separate them like boxers into two corners of the house. We're at a complete loss. We've tried absolutely everything from rewards charts to treats at the end of the month to just raising our voices every time it takes place. Nothing seems to work. They feel like Oil and water, he says, they just (laughs) won't mix together. It's very distressing for both of us, as you can imagine. I know that we're not the only parents in this situation, so I thought it would be a good idea to ask Tina for some help. Massive thanks for the series so far. We absolutely love it and we're glued to it and can't wait to hear the answer to our question. That's very <laughs> so nice. So happy we got this one. Um, whoa, that's tough. Do, do they mention what ages the kids are at all? Or um, are they just... Seven and nine. Seven so and nine. big dudes. Whoa, they should know better. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that nearly makes it easier, really, if the parents are willing to um, <clears throat> to stay, be consistent on this. They need... One of those meetings that we've talked about before where they have to sit down as a family and decide there are rules in this house now, things that are acceptable and not acceptable. Have sounds a, like the, first of all, it sounds yeah. like these two boys don't give a fuck about the rules, y'all. Yeah, but he's... <laughs> they sound like they're like mini jokers but he's a, who just want to watch the world leaves, burn. When he leaves the room. Okay. So they are capable of behaviour, hopefully, while he's there. It's when there's no adult present. So they are aware of what's right and wrong. Mm. So what we need them to become now more aware of or conscious of is it's it, we're actually supposed to behave when we're on our own too. It's never okay to do this. So um, <clears throat> I think that if they have a really lovely family meeting, make it really, really nice, cosy seats, put on some nice music, mood lighting, make it all romantic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, have a talk about, don't go straight into the rules, Mm -hmm. have a lovely talk with them about, you know, how loved they are, how they feel so lucky to have these boys, how they just want to make sure the house is way more fun all the time and um, and ways we can do that. How, what do you think ways we can make this house run more smoothly? Well, let's write them down. Let's come up with a list of rules and then you want to 
be able to remind them. Gentle reminders. Remember our rules? We made our rules. That's unacceptable behavior. And the thing is, because they're seven and nine, they can be punished. This isn't just started when they turn seven and when they I turn know. nine. I, I think that they've got, like, this pair, these pair are looking at an undoing a habit mm. that's that's deeply ingrained here. Um, you know, just in the way that you go to a house where when you were a kid where the, you know the end of the situation where you were the visitor in the house yeah. and the brother and the sister hated each other and any time the, the brother <laughs> saw the sister he'd throw something at her. <laughs> that, was the, that was the culture of the house and you were the guest in the house going I gotta go home. But I'm just saying that are you giving what is a very clear answer to a problem that might go deeper, Tina. Here we go. Jar's going deep. <laughs> go deep. I just think, is the bigger problem here getting the two of them to get on? Or is that just pie in the sky? Are some oh. kids just not going to get on no, with each no, other? No, 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 no. There is total, you can definitely save the relationship at this age. It's if they let it go any further, that's when resentment will build, build, build. Mm. They can completely nip it in the bud at this stage. Bud or bud? Bud? Bud, I think it's bud? in the bud. You can nip it in the bud. And, is it nipping you know, in the butt? That will definitely send a shock through the system. But <laughs> well, I think it's where the flower is budding. <laughs> but, okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Um, you thought I... it was nipping in the pal, nipping yeah. in his bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I really didn't think about it too much. I just never really knew if I was saying it properly. <laughs> <laughs> There's some real, real talk. Yeah, um, so well, what I'm saying is... This when is I to say, save the relationship. Yeah, let's save it now. And what I mean when I say punishment, I don't mean like slaps. Like, obviously, I'm very anti that. Yep. But what I mean is they need consequences now. They're old enough to understand consequences for their behaviour. Mm. So when you're making the rules, you talk to them about how, you know, we will give you warnings... But if you do this behaviour after the warning, this is gone. So switch, TV, I don't know, for a day, not forever. <laughs> Phone. Food. No, oh, come on. <laughs> but, you know, something, Water. something manageable. Mm. Don't set it too high. Mm. How many That's times? That's something that punishes you as a parent. Yes, don't punish yourself. No television in this house again. <laughs> don't but punish yourself. <laughs> I've done that to myself before. I'm like, okay, great. I can't watch telly either. Brilliant. No, be careful of that. Make it manageable and suitable to yourself. But yeah, and then it's easy because then if you see it about to happen or you sense it about to happen, you say, okay, I'm giving you guys a warning now. We've been through the rules. You know there's consequences. If you behave that way when I leave the room, you are losing that. And you gotta mean it because they're probably gonna test you. Mm. If this behaviour is so... Ingrained. Yeah. 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 Like habitable. What's that word? Habitual. Then? Habitual. God, I'm really letting myself down on the words. It's late. It's getting late. I, I am tired. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's going to be hard. They're going to test you. They're going to test you. Also, they're so clever. They know mom and dad are busy. They're so stressed out. They'll forget. So you really have to put those rules Somewhere you can see that the visitors can't, but you can see. So you remind yourself all the time. Okay, okay. we're on it. We've got rules here. And Clear I hope rules that, that helps. We've all agreed on clarity on them, follow yeah. through. Also, Let me put this to you then. Okay. What if one of the boys is more at fault than the other 
and it actually is a case of the younger or older kid yeah. bullying the other kid. Like, there is a potential here, Tina, yeah. that they need to examine what's happening and who's at fault. Like, who is the instigator? Is it, like, it's never 100% Yeah, well, even. I guess what I've given them there is tools to deal and manage with it and yeah, hopefully phase it, it out. Yeah. What they could probably benefit from doing with those boys is individual time, which I know is so annoying when people say that to parents because... Especially like, busy people are. Yeah, we have one kid. We're able to do that all the time. Yeah. Jarlett and Mikey have these incredible walks and talks. and Mikey, Coffee walk. Yeah, they go on coffee walks and Mikey just pours his heart out and it's absolute magic and it's so precious. But all kids need this. We know that. Mm. And a great way to get your kid to open up and talk to you is to play with them. Not computer games. Get the Lego out. Get the drawing out. Get the soldiers out. Get the dolls out. Play with your kid. And when they're playing, ask them questions. And honesty, they will just tell you everything. You told me about this ages ago. Yeah. And this thing of with boys walking parallel to them Yeah, was when they will open up. It's why sometimes you kids will open up in the back seat of the car. I think you isn't eye you were the one who told me about the maybe car level. Maybe I'm the one responsible <laughs> for this little piece of genius. I, never, I definitely, I definitely knew about someone. the car. That's a really good tool too. Talking yeah. to them when you're in the car and they're in Alone the back in the seat. Car. Yeah. 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 Um, but but yeah, yeah, Jared, that's a really good point. Like, you know, we know that siblings are really tough on each other and we don't want this to become a behaviour that they have in their adulthood because they should be there for each other and it would is be there, lovely. Is there an argument for a spy camera of some sort? <laughs> spy camera? No. <laughs> no. 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 These children already Watch have... back in the evening. No. In bed together. The, I feel sorry for these kids. They're so monitored yeah. as it is. Yeah, you can be guaranteed that somebody out there is going, actually, the spy camera actually worked for me. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not going to judge someone if they do it. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? It's harmless. They're just trying to see who is the yeah. instigator. So coming out of the end of this, yeah. Tina, I wanted to load another quick question in on top because I think you've given them enough tools that they'll come back to us yeah. and we can go revisit this question. Yeah, they're going to need to come back yeah. because this is ing this is very solid behaviour they're doing. So they're going to need help. So I don't mind helping. Some of the conflict management that every parent has to deal with, especially with seven and nine-year-olds, like what is wrong with seven and nine-year-olds? <laughs> yeah. They're so tricky. Those Both of those ages needs intervention in terms of, okay, who did what? Yeah. Now, the stories that you get back, there's one of my favourite movies is uh, The Kid Stays in the Picture and he says that there's three sides to every so story. My side, your side and the truth. Yeah. When you're talking to kids and they're just lying to your face yeah. over and over again about their involvement in what happened, what do you do if you're the parent in that situation? Well, you just you just let them talk. You just let them keep talking. And then you stay quiet. You go really quiet. And then there's this incredible tool I use all the time with Mikey and in school where you get two pieces of paper and at the top of them you just write, think, sheesh. Right. And then you write, what do you think happened? Leave a space. Why did it happen? Leave a space. What can we do to stop this happening again? And you just send them both off to different spaces in the house. Give them some time and see what comes back from there. This is, this is some <laughs> FBI shit right here. But it's, I love it's, it. It's a Think chance sheet. for the child to reflect. 
girls are writing it. They're having to see mm-hmm. what they're writing. They've got to reflect. And they're really committing to the lie then if they write it down. Because <laughs> they really are. So Absolutely they're not going to do that. Tina, this and is quality. think sheets are brilliant for lots of stuff. I know. I'm thinking Even, about doing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're really therapeutic and the child normally enjoys it mm. because like they are kind of getting in trouble because they're having to reflect and own their behavior. But mm. they're also getting a chance to let it out, move on, mm. think about why did I do that? Yeah. What am I going to do the next time? That's great. And when they get to put it into words. Yeah. Like when they're actually putting it into words. And if they're too young, mm-hmm. let them draw. Let them draw it. Let them draw. Hi, guys. First of all, thank you for what feels like a public service you're performing. It's so refreshing hearing honest talk about parenting and some very actionable advice from Tina. No compliment for me there because literally <laughs> I am a passenger on this journey. My question is about mealtimes. Our four-year-old daughter has never been an adventurous eater. I have always, and I am still, cooking and making her separate lunches and dinners. A very common thing, yeah. by the way. She's great with the veg and will eat loads, but will also eat pasta, noodles and potatoes, but will only eat sausages, fish fingers and meatballs. There can be absolutely no sauce except for butter, and it has to follow an order of veg, then protein, then carbs, never all at the same time. That means like she will only eat them in that order. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. She or also waits for her plate to be empty and then she'll pop some more on or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. She she also eats first before we do. I think that's, that's out of, I feel like that's out of handiness. Is that convenience? Okay. Because she won't eat the same food. Basically, I need to know how to get us all eating at the same time and eating the same food. She has now started school and my embarrassment at her lunchbox ingredients is pretty high. Please help from Anonymous. You know, First of all, fair play to this person for opening up about this because this is a really frequent question. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say that like, God, we get so many of this question. The same thing, the children acting the exact same way that I'm starting to actually consider have we just got the early eating all wrong? Like, are we doing something wrong? I mean, our own child presented like this too. Like, are we expecting too much from our kids? I don't know. Anyway, that's just me thinking off the top of my head because this week alone we got like well, let's 20 more emails yeah, so let's, similar to that one. Let's loop back around to that and deal with this this yeah. problem. Uh, first of all, in a specific sense of her situation yeah. and then in a more general sense of well, what anyone who's experiencing something similar can do. Yeah, well, we know from experience, it's just not practical. Practical To be cooking separate meals. Cooking dinners. separate meals. It, uh, it makes you miserable. You feel completely taken for granted. The child's not even enjoying the meal you end up cooking for them. Really, really tough. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm not sure if, if we talked about this before, just on Patreon, last time when we were doing the show. Mm. But... Um, uh, there was a mom in the school of one of my, when I was teaching, one of my, I can't remember what year it was of my classes, but, um, you know, I I think a lot of us were talking about this nightmare of trying to get our children to eat and how hard it is and cooking, thinking you'll never be that mom who cooks separate meals and then all of a sudden you're cooking separate meals, terrified anyone will find out that you're now doing that too. 
And um, this mom at the school was like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to change your life. And like we all laughed, you know, the way when you're with your mom friends, it's all it's all fun and games and silliness. But she did change our life and she changed a few people's life. And I've been trying to pass it on since because what she told us was so easy. Like, you know, just cook whatever meal you're cooking and put it all in separate serving bowls. Put empty plates on the table mm-hmm. and just take the pressure off dinner and let them choose from the bowls. Now, obviously... At the start, there has to be something in one of those bowls that you can guarantee your child will eat because you don't need a hungry child. The most important thing is they're fed. They'll also be very cranky if they haven't eaten. Mm -hmm. So we really need them to be fed. But I was a little bit dubious because our little guy, who I hope he doesn't mind me talking about him right now, Everything had to be so plain. He also had been born with a very bad swallow, so we had a lot of trauma from him choking on anything lumpy for a long time. So that added to our anxiety of pushing him along with the food. But it was a game changer. And see, the hope is prepare your dinner, serve it all up separately. You know, bolognese, bolognese in one, even even sometimes, you know, sauce in one, mince in one, mushrooms in one you know, passed in another. It's not that hard to mix it all in. Some chili seeds in another bowl if you want it a bit hotter. And then the hope is you phase the bowls out. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like we are now, we we just serve up one meal. And yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Like they still complain about the food, but they know we're all expected to eat at dinner time the same food. It's so. uh, like, I was just getting out of the way there because I've just seen this work. Yeah. I've yeah, watched well, we, this work and... Um, I hope, you know, this mom is listening to this going, I could potentially do that. Yeah. And there's probably a couple of other people going, yeah, but my kid's so picky. Yeah. They'll just take from one bowl. But at the, you know, at the start, they probably will. But what you have to try not to do is put any pressure on them to take from more. Because if there's no pressure there, kids will just you know, seek it out. They put everything in their mouth. Mm. Everything goes in there. So if there's no pressure on them, they will just scoop it in. They'll mm. see what everyone else is doing it's and they'll give it a go. It's a crack, right? There yeah. is a certain level to this where it's fun. Like it yeah. feels like a party. And the food looks more colourful and appetising and inviting when it's put up in these bowls and they're in charge of their plate. It's a power struggle. That's basically what it is. They want to be in charge. So... They feel like they're in charge, but they're not mm. because the food is there. They're getting them. fed. Yeah. All treat you want them, them to do is eat. So I, it and, changed our lives. And then it really did. you cackle with laughter <laughs> in the kitchen and, and you I, high five the air <laughs> and you go, thank, thank God I got that tip because you really do. Like, well, like yeah. let's be honest. This is a shout out to all the parents out there who have received tips like this like I remember when you got this and you were like it's genius well I was so dubious I was like okay I'm going to try this Mm. but I doubt it'll work because I was just so sick of cooking two dinners Mm. well there might there might be a corner in our episodes for tips that people have received that have been game changers do you remember we're just back from England now but one of our neighbours gorgeous couple Una and Jockey and Jockey's a chef chef Jockey and when we were over at their house, he just did that instinctively. Mm. His children were incredible eaters because he's always just putting stuff out in bowls and letting them mix mm-hmm. and taste whatever they want. Yeah. And um, I just, uh, yeah, it was really, I love passing that on because I feel like it works a lot. But the 
only tricky bit with this question is the lunchbox. The lunchbox, yeah. That That's a bit tougher because you're relying on the teacher. Mm. Also, you're so restricted by the lunchbox, what you can put in there. But she says she eats loads of veg. So why not cut up cherry tomatoes and carrot sticks and stuff like that and pop it in, you know? Yeah, the lunchbox is a whole another yeah. bag of squirrels. Yeah. Uh, why don't we find out how this person gets on next week with this tip? Uh, let us know because we do hear back. And before we get to our next question, I would like, I know that <laughs> you're reluctant to do this, but the advice that Tina's giving is working. And here is an example of one of the lovely pieces of feedback we received from someone who had success. I just heard my question read out on the podcast. Thank you so much. I just wanted to let you know that your advice about catching him being brave and strong really helped last week. I overheard my four year old asking my husband, do you see how strong I'm getting? We had GAA last week, similar scenario again, and this time he rejoined the session. Now, people who listened last week will know this question was around a kid who was acting like the world was caving in anytime he bumped himself or fell or tripped or had a little moment. And Tina's advice was to encourage and literally get behind him in terms of saying you are being so brave. I have noticed how strong you're getting. Yeah, at moments, just to see moments. But you know what, Jared, that's one of the many lovely messages we've gotten back. And I'm so invested (laughs) that when I read them, I'm a mess. Like I am (laughs) crying. I don't even know these people. And I'm like, oh, my God, this works. But the fact that she took the time and Mm -hmm. the other people took the time to get back to me and let me know is so lovely. And I appreciate that. But I was so happy. Like I was jumping for Mm -hmm. joy because it's just great. It makes me want to reiterate the point, though, that you made, because Look, everyone has a moment with their kid where they're going toughen up, mm. right? And really, if you're concerned with that, you, what you've pointed out in this answer that we've now seen work is championing and praising the uh, maturity to be able to dust yourself off. Because yeah. Christ, we know that that is the life skill yeah. that you're going to need so much. But it's so tricky, isn't it? Because As a mom, do I practice that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. As a professional, yeah, every day, any kid I work with, I completely know what to do. But when you're so close to it, Mm. sometimes you just need reminding. Like, you know, I'm always trying to remind myself that never reward negative behavior. Try to ignore it and come in fast and big with anything you see that's positive. If the child listens the first time, come in with the come in with it. Come in with the reward. Come in with the praise. Give them Mm -hmm. the hug. Yeah. But if the you know, say your 11 year old boy <laughs> is like dilly dallying around the house before school, waiting for their mom to lose it and be like, go and get ready. Don't respond. Leave them in there. Leave them. Let them choose. They're 11. Mm. So I want to be late for school. This is very personal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I'm reminding myself like. Well, you want them to be <clears throat> autonomous. Yeah. Like, this is Egypt gobshite <laughs> stuff again. That, you know, you want them to be self-starters who get up in the morning, make their bed and come down. Yeah, but I'm just reassuring parents that like, while I have all this experience, it is so easy for me to work with other children. Don't be too tough on yourself if you find it hard with your own child. 
I even find it hard with my own child to remember all the strategies. Mm. And I have to remember to take that breath and think, okay, what do you do? Don't react to bad behaviour. Ignore. Come in fast with the good behaviour. He's overreacting. Ignore it. Come in fast when he's, you know, catch him on a moment mm. and be like, you're really maturing that it's way. Hard though, Tina. It's It's so important to develop these practices if you want. Good you know, behaviour. If, if you want behavior you have got to model it yourself and champion the good stuff and champion it and be you know be willing to do the work to get it mm. yeah been a strange old week in the Regan household it has to be said and as I've said before we're going through an immense amount of change I can really relate to an awful lot of these people who are you know trying to cope with very strange situations we're in a strange one ourselves yeah um and yeah. you know it's it's tricky in that I see a couple of things happening uh, in relation to kids coming home and going and relating stories from school. I'm never sure. And maybe you can. This is my question for you yeah. this week, Tina. OK. I'm never sure how to respond to yeah. stories from school. Yeah. Right. Now, you've watched me a couple of times balls yeah. this up. Yeah. So I hope I'm speaking to a few dads and moms out here who when their kid comes home and says, this kid was doing this uh, and I think that's not right. I have the tendency to go, yeah, that kid's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> and Forgetting I, that the, <laughs> the child as well. Yeah, but I, you know, you always quickly remind yourself, okay, the kid's 10. Like, you know, you've always done that. You've always pulled yourself up. But you do react because you're so hurt on his behalf straight away. You react as his protector, don't you? But yeah, yeah I mean, and, and what some we're kids noticing. Are like, let's be honest. Oh, well, you know, they're all changing every day, but <laughs> sometimes, yeah, they can be quite mean. I yeah. always say that we're if going parents. Through a gobshite phase. If parents had to go into the playground at lunchtime, they'd, they'd leave crying. Mm. They saw some of the meanness that happens. It's awful. But um, it's the parents who join in, though. I don't mm. understand. Well, this is what I'm asking you. Yeah. That. You know, we've all been in a house where, let's say, we had certain friends of friends. Okay. My br- my brother's f- friends specifically, and him telling me stories of how uh, there was a kid in the class that the family was having a good old giggle about that this fellow was a real, oh, he's the real so and so in the class. Mm. And being kind with those words. Yeah. But it was kind of a bit of fun around the dinner table to talk about what that kid had gotten up to that day at school. And I was kind of looking at you going, should you really be joining in in that way? I think that's a bit different because that's a chance for the kid to process what, you know, if there's a kid in the class, class is causing trouble a lot. And the kid comes home and shares stories and you're able to laugh and diffuse it and help him process what he saw happen at school that day. I think that's a bit different. As long as you're not encouraging. Different to what? Different to encouraging your child to think that that kid's actually a gobshite. But that's what those parents were doing. Oh, okay. Like, that's what yeah, I'm no, saying. I like, think... Yeah, you, I, I just think you have to have a zero tolerance to the giggle around the table. Oh, I in... yeah, I think that you can never, if your child says, I hate that kid, you should never say, yeah, you should hate that kid. But actually, I see parents do that. You're supposed to say things like, oh, goodness, we don't hate children. And he's just like this right now. This isn't who he's going to be right. forever. 
And but give, devil's everyone advocate, deserve- Tina, there, like there's, there's going to be certain situations where there's a kid in the class mm. who parents will have to advise their kid, no, you need to stay away there. I don't think that's the parent's job. I think that's up to the teacher. Okay. I think it's uh, it's really not okay. And for if the teacher's asleep at the wheel? Well, then the parents go to the teacher. Get a meeting. And keep going to the teacher and then go to the principal. But yeah. telling your child not to play with or talk to a child, that's not okay. No, yeah, no, no. And it's no. just a shortcut, isn't well, it? Well, it's so, it's teaching them. Isolationism. Isolationism. It's also modeling a behavior that you deem as acceptable, hmm. then if you don't like someone, the way someone's acting, you can just ignore them and cut them out of your life or be mean to them. What, what, what about when that starts happening in your home? You've said that's, that's acceptable uh-huh. behavior. What about when you see it in your house? Is it acceptable then? Because that's when children get confused. But we all remember, well, we certainly remember 80s uh, parenting and the, uh, like, I'm always careful about the references to 80s parenting because it, it is a, a time and a place, right? That is very different to the one we exist in now. Yeah. But I remember certainly being told to go in and tell a kid, my brother will beat you up. (laughs) (laughs) Were you ever in a situation where you were told my daddy will come down here and he'll punch you in the nose? No, I didn't have to because everyone knew my dad and (laughs) they knew he was six foot four and they were terrified of him. But also my parents had us doing all sorts of martial arts and boxing oh. early on and sending us so, off to so school. So you were the kid that people were told to stay with. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I was well ready. I was not afraid of other children. I wasn't afraid to stand my ground. Also, I think we moved to England for a little while when I was a younger kid and that really made me tough. <laughs> oh my God, you guys yeah. don't want to hear those stories. They are <laughs> no, absolutely but, horrendous. Uh, I think that parents... Some parents, I've heard it a lot since we've been back, much more so than maybe I heard in England, although in England still a bit, I have to admit, in the school I was in, having to stop parents in their tracks and say, you are talking about a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I know your child is hurting, yeah. but you're talking about another child. Yeah, demonizing them. You're demonizing a child. A child. Yeah. Like, cop on. That child is learning too. You have no idea what that child's life might be like. Mm. If they're acting out this much, there is definitely a reason. Mm-hmm. And why are you not teaching your child to maybe be a bit more compassionate or, you know, reflective of that? Instead, you're just making this kid stay worse. You're encouraging your child to pile on. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying get your child to like be so empathetic like we've made the mistake of at times where he feels Mm. like he has to mind everybody but like don't teach your child to pile on don't Mm. agree with everything your child says they're looking for guidance from you i just think you have to take a long hard look at yourself if your child comes home complaining about a kid and you pile on because you're you, you know if you're calling that kid names and agreeing with stuff your little kid is saying to you your kid who's looking to you for guidance and role modeling. Like, you need to stay neutral. Even if you're not neutral in your head or your heart, save that for your partner when your kid's not in the room. But don't model. Don't let your kid think it's okay to act like that. It's not okay. That You're, you're adding to the hurt of another child. I, I'm just flabbergasted by some of the things I've seen. Well, you can imagine what 
the person listening to this now who knows that that's my kid. My mm. kid's the one that it feels like the other parents are laughing at, that the other kids are going, uh, that's that's that one kid as you hear I it referred to. I also do think it's, 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 it is a teacher's principal's responsibility to keep an I eye on so. us in every school. I think so. In every school. Because, you know, if you have parents behaving like that, well, they need to be, they need to be shown, they need to be told what's appropriate behaviour too. Okay, well, last uh, week we had the funniest piece of homework submitted by a parent uh, to the podcast. We are always on the hunt for funniest pieces of homework. And um, so, also, Jamie did get in touch to tell us he is not six, he is yeah, nine. Yeah, there's a little bit of a correction there, an Irish Times correction. <laughs> so sorry, uh, Jamie. <laughs> we got Jamie's age wrong. He is not six. He is, in fact, nine. A huge that's a difference. huge difference. Jamie, we stand corrected. Apologies so, so. for that. Uh, this one comes in from Joe Heenan, who said that his six-year-old son uh, completed this maze in record time. The maze, we'll post it in the episode notes or a link to this image. It's it's one of your standards, get a dinosaur through a maze trick with a start and a finish. Pretty complicated maze. And his son has done a beautiful turquoise crayon line directly around the outside <laughs> of the Genius, genius. And I was just like, we need more of this in our lives. We yeah. need we need to be more like Joe Heenan's son. Fair play. Keep them coming in. Honey, you are ruining our kid at gmail.com is the email. I'm a mother of a two-year-old girl and I am no longer in a relationship with her father. In fact, it's extremely strained. In the midst of a custody battle, I'm struggling with disproportionate balance of legal rights and demands on me to split her time between parents and homes and desperately wanting some reassurance about what's actually right for a 28 month old child. She is greatly cared for by her father and me, and she's happy and chopping and changing, but and she's happy with both of us. But how much moving and chopping and changing can a little girl really handle? I need some truth. Thank you, Anonymous. Wozers. That's really tough. That's really, really tough. First of all, I feel really privileged that somebody would send this to us. Yeah. But like, this is real talk. I have no frame of reference for this. And I don't. But you do, Tina. You would know a certain amount about what what can be done in this situation? Yeah, you would well, have come across this, right? Well, the amazing thing here is that the mom is aware that she needs to be careful. How will this affect my little girl? Mm. I don't think she's given herself enough credit that that's even on her mind because her life is in turmoil and she's still putting her little girl first, which is incredible. So I just think amazing. Secondly, she's mentioned daddy and mommy. She's happy with both of them. That's brilliant too. That makes it so much easier. And, you know, really, I can really reassure this mom and just letting her know that little girl will just follow your lead. She's just going to do whatever is presented to her. She's going to follow. This is going to be her new routine, her new normal. She won't remember it any other way, really. And as long as she feels safe with mom and feels safe with dad, she's going to be really happy. 
I would say that in both homes where she stays, if there's a corner, like she's probably still co-sleeping at this age, or maybe she has her own room, to make that corner or room really, really special. So it feels like her space and she always feels safe and welcome and loved there. But I'm just so, I'm so inspired by this mom that she's, it's already in her mind because being mindful of that is what will help this be a really easy transition for that little girl. So when she, you say, sorry to jump yeah. in, but when you say she will follow your lead, yeah, do you mean not saying things like, I know this is so tough for oh, you. Oh yeah, no, no, never. Just being, saying things like, um, mommy loves you so much, it's your turn to stay at daddy's now. I'll come back and get you when you're finished with daddy and then you come back to mommy. Being right. really so clear just reassurance instructions. And reassuring, clear instructions. I have seen it where the parents actually share the home and the kid stays in the home full time and the mom and dad swap over. Oh yeah. I don't think that's, that doesn't work. I think that's that is upsetting to the kid because that's that's like my home is never the same. Mm -hmm. At least if there's two places she goes to, at least she knows when I'm here, this is how it works. And when I'm here, this is how it works. When the home, when the child, even though I know parents who do that are thinking this is the best thing for my kid, I think it's too it's too disruptive for them. Like the house is never okay. the same so all the time. Clarity, reassurance, lead mm. the way. Yeah. Is there anything visual? The kid's too young for any kind of visual chart. No, like I, I was a very visual kid and I felt like I only calmed my anxiety once I right, got though. to As write stuff down and see, you know, this day was this day. And I'm talking like I was 15 when... I got on top of this, that I needed yes. to see the lay of the land. Well, as she gets older, that's a really good idea. You could have a calendar, days at mom's, days at dad's, so the kid always knows where they're going to be. That, of course, will help them feel safe. But I really think what the priority here is, mommy just being really clear and direct and reassuring and mommy loves you, you're going to daddy's now, I'll collect you from daddy's on this day, mommy will be back. And at daddy's house, she has a corner or a room that's really special in hers and at mommy's the same. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, it's a really, uh, really tough situation, but uh, I think you've you've said what well, the best thing you could say. Yeah, and if if that doesn't work, hopefully this listener will get back, and we can try and figure out something else. You yeah. know, or if there there's maybe, going to be behaviours because the child better. is going to have two different parents. So as they come up, I can help her through them. Mm. But the more she's clear and honest and direct in a very reassuring, gentle way. The mm. more the child knows where they stand and mm. it's it's all okay. Children will just follow your lead. If she sees mommy upset and crying, she's going to be upset and crying. But if she sees mommy happy to bring me to daddy's house, I'm safe. Mommy's happy. Everything's okay. Okay, our final question. I'm so delighted, Charlotte and Tina. I loved the series last year that she's talking about the pilot that we did yeah. of this series over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Cheeky little plug in there. Uh, I've gotten so much out of it and I use tips and tricks that I've picked up from you guys nearly every single day, oh, which is lovely. massive compliment. I have a question for you. I have a five year old. I have five year old twin boys. Oh, Whoa. good luck to you. Uh, recently, one of my boys started complaining of tummy pain. We, he normally starts complaining when his brother is getting attention for something. The most recent time was when I was talking to his brother about someone in school calling him a mean name. I've seen with my niece how quickly 
tummy pain, inverted commas, morphs into constantly feeling sick, anxiety and stress and find a good way to deal with this. How can I respond appropriately to him complaining of a sore tummy when I'm not dismissing his pain or creating a bigger future problem for ourselves? Signed, Anonymous. Amazing. And also such a common question. You know, a lot of parents freak out that their kid has has a pain in their tummy all the time. Mm. And they don't realise that this is manifesting from the child worrying or feeling anxious. I, I know parents that have had their kid in hospital for long periods of time. Yeah. Complaining of similar stomach pains that yeah. they can't get to the bottom well, of. Well, we're so lucky because now we understand these things more. For a long time, we didn't understand. I mean, the child does have a pain in its tummy at that time. That's the really sad thing about it. And as grown-ups, we know ourselves whenever feeling anxious, it's heartbreaking to think a little kid could have that crampy feeling in their tummy too. But when they're feeling it, they really are. They're not just saying, I have a tummy ache. They so you really think feel these it. are legitimate pains? Yeah, I, I, I really believe that, that the child is telling you, I have a tummy ache, but it's manifesting from their anxiety or their worry. Mm. Now, even though we know this is real to them, they're really feeling something, it's important to try and get in there fast with reassurance. Sometimes with Mikey and what I used to do, it doesn't happen anymore with him, but I would always put my hand on his tummy and be like, okay, let me just check because mommies always know if there's anything wrong. And I'd place my hand there and I'd leave it a few seconds and I'd go, yeah, everything's grand. You're, you're really okay. You're just hungry or you need to go toilet. So let's go toilet. And if that doesn't work, let's get you some food and just keep it kind of light and breezy. Everything's okay. But also then later, come back to it. Not addressing the tummy pain exactly, but saying, you know, is there anything on your mind? Do you find yourself having worries? You know, it's really important to talk about them. And the number one thing for this age group that I always recommend is the Colour Monster book. It's a pop, the pop-up book is the one you need to get. Um, you can easily get it on Amazon. I feel bad giving no, Amazon we, a shout out there. Yeah, but well, it's an I'm incredible sure it's book that helps well. children understand what they're feeling. It also, there's a beautiful exercise in there of uh, different emotions have different colours. I think worry is blue. Maybe green, I'm not sure. And uh, you fill jars with those colours when you're feeling those things. And uh, it's just a really good way of visualising for a child that you can get rid of your worries and then you can empty them. They can be put away. And uh, it's a really good book to read like daily with your child. Okay. And uh, just the pop-up book's brilliant because it's fun for them and it's a visual. But yeah, I think, um, I hope that works. Definitely. Oh, and I'd also encourage that kid to maybe keep a diary. And I know he's only five, so he probably can't write very well, but he can draw. And in those drawings at nighttime, when he thinks he has this secret place where he can leave his messages or his drawings, it's a really good aid for mom next day while they're at school to have a look through and see, mm. well, is there anything on his mind? What is he drawing in his diary? Uh, you'd have to explain that this is a special book, a diary that's completely for them, a secret space for them to put their worries, their feelings, their hopes, their dreams into. And then while they're at school, you destroy that trust <laughs> by reading it. 
all the time. <laughs> that's the deal. And, and be deal. ready. Be ready to see all sorts oh in there. Oh my, oh my God. So, I, I mean, I have never, so, ever, oh, ever, but it ever. But such a breach of trust. Yeah, I would too. never do that. Ever. I've never done that. And But I am encouraging you to do it. Just don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> or talk about it openly on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for some parenting news. Parenting news this week, Tina, is not going to be any rubbish article with a newfangled parenting technique. I thought I'd just scour the internet and find the best parenting tweets of the week. Some of these are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, (laughs) This is my absolute favourite one of this week. Um, This comes from Honey Mustard Mama. She says, my toddler climbed out of the crib and my first thought was, why don't they make some kind of lid or attachment for the top of these things? Then I realized that's a cage. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> Next one comes from uh, Jesse, uh, Mama Jesse. My son asked me if I even know what I'm doing. And I honestly was surprised it's taken him seven years to ask this question. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I couldn't get that one out without laughing through it. Um, absolutely. So keep the, the tweets coming in. You can just use the hashtag honey, you are ruining our kid. I've got one more here, which I absolutely adore. This comes from professional warrior or professional warrior. Yeah, I, I identify with that. My three year old niece wanted me to pretend I was her baby. When I pretended to cry, she promptly put a pillow over my face and told me, shh. <laughs> oh my God. Kids are fucking terrifying. <laughs> That's how they would parent. Yeah. That's how they do it. Tina, it's been so much fun this week. As always, we owe it to our listeners and our questioners. We wouldn't have a show without you guys mailing in. If you have a question, Tina, what do you say to people who have a question where they just want your help? Oh, yeah. Like, it took, like most of the questions will never get featured on the podcast because there's just too many of them. Mm. So just market, d- not market, for broadcast, not for broadcast, but loads of people. I, I am really trying to reply to everyone. I think I have. If I've missed you, I'm doing it every day. So if I've missed you, please just nudge me. But um, oh, loving all the emails. But yeah, l- l- we're not going to be able to get all of them on the podcast. I don't mm. think there's just yeah, too but, many. Um, but also it's it's free help. Uh, yeah. I, I realize exactly how tight things are at the moment. I'm just it feels so great to be providing something yeah. really useful to people for free. And Tina, thank you so much for yeah. allowing me to twist your arm to do this. I'm loving well, it. It's so lovely. You know what is lovely? Are you though? Oh, I am because uh, get it when I get it's the feedback. The feedback's amazing because all I want to do is help moms and dads out there feel like I got this. It's all, it's not that bad. I don't need to scream into my pillow at night anymore. I don't need to cry going to bed. It's there's help and it's doable and mm. no behaviors forever. And I I can break this pattern and we can get happier. And I just love it. Is, are you teeing me up for this part of the show where you tell me something you don't want me to do anymore? I don't uh, think you want any... me to stop screaming into the pillow, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's if I've got any foibles with you this week. Get the fuck out of here. I don't think I do. Do really? I? Really? Well, I, get, I guess the only thing is that um, 
you I know, have a bag of clothes that I've yet to unpack oh, that I feel like you're going to smother me with. <laughs> no, but uh, I feel like maybe, you know, when uh, we have we have really s not strict but steady rules about like gaming and YouTube during the week, <laughs> I would appreciate if you didn't come with Mikey to ask as you, you know, game on a Tuesday when it's like, Jar, we agreed on these rules. <laughs> he doesn't game during the week. He get, he can game as much as he wants on the weekend, but well, I can and, like, you're standing there okay. holding his hand like you're the same age. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You made the rule Mom with me. Says we can't do it, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, no, and I will volunteer one that I need to sort out. I already kind of hold my hand up and say this. So I'm right now uh, looking at a bunch of sneakers uh, in this office that have never been worn, still no. in their boxes. They are my pride and joy. Uh, I've wanted them since I was probably Mikey's age. Oh, yeah. Tale, that's a tale um, of caution for all the parents listening. Yeah. Don't deny your kids stuff to that point. Yeah, because now obsessed I'm obsessed with sneakers and Mikey won't wear his runners outside because yeah. he wants to keep his runners clean. Mikey thinks well. all his runners are collectibles too. Like, <laughs> no, Mikey, a size seven Tina, runner is not a collectible. Who knows? If he goes to the NBA. Oh I'm my God. You, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. But, like, <laughs> but he goes to the NBA and divorces us as, as parents. <laughs> because he listens back to these thoughts. Yeah. He'd be like, I'm glad I kept that pair of LeBrons. <laughs> I just wish you got him to sign them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is ridiculous now. He won't wear his shoes that he's growing out of. I thought say like, that's Jar ridiculous. He won't go to the NBA. There's every chance. <laughs> he's definitely not going to go to the get NBA. Get a no power this week and stick, stick a tenor on okay. it. No pressure. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to D Ready at Go Loud. Yeah. Uh, to everybody who's been in touch. Uh, all the sound people that have been sharing it, mentioning yeah. to each other and at the school gate. And tell your friends and do share it. We, yeah. we love that. Like... It's well, it's great. I love there's seeing no it marketing grow. budget. I always say this: that we don't have money to. No, but uh, it is lovely when you. About this, it's so. such a lovely surprise. Like when when you go onto Instagram and you're tagged and all these things, and you're like, oh yay, people are sharing yeah, the show. Well, this that, is cool. That I would love mean it. a lot to us. Yeah. Obviously, give it a rating, a subscription, and a comment on Apple Podcasts. A or nice rating. You your Not a mean I one. I, oh, I don't care. I think if you get a rating, that's good. <laughs> well, I don't still know. I'm, I'm still baby. This is baby steps for me. I'm not sure I can handle no, that. Tina's right. Of course, give it a nice. <laughs> <laughs> say some nice things it will actually impact directly on our place in the charts which is climbing steadily pretty yeah. proud of it thank you so much everybody thanks for listening we'll be back next next week with more Honey You're Ruining Our Kid thanks Tina thank you guys bye thanks Charlotte Honey You're Ruining Our Kid is an Irishman Abroad podcast presented in association with Go Loud editing research and production by Jarlath and Tina Regan. To hear even more Irishman Abroad podcasts, including extra bonus episodes of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid, go to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad today. Don't forget to email Tina your questions on Honey, You Are Ruining Our Kid at gmail.com because, hey, let's face it, it's hard to raise kids not to be gobshites. <laughs>